Welcome to the Serendipitous Rebel Podcast. I'm Wendy. And I'm Crystal. This podcast is for the adventure-loving, purpose-driven, action-minded, authentic, and rebellious entrepreneurs. Just like us. And just like you, we are trying to figure shit out. So join us as we talk about business and life and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to, I can't believe I'm saying this, the season two wrap up of the Serendipitous Rebel podcast on purposeful pivoting. Hi, I'm Wendy Guth, and I'm joined here with the fantastically amazing Crystal. (laughs) I really cannot believe that this is the wrap up of season two. It feels like it was just the beginning, well, actually the end of season one, and sitting down trying to decide what we wanted to do, what we wanted to cover this season. I cannot say how unbelievably excited and proud of what we put out there. And for those of you who are coming in late in the game and haven't heard all of season two, most of it was actually interviews that we had with incredible, amazing, unbelievable, powerful female entrepreneurs, and I'll run through the list of who they were. We had Mm -hmm. Laura Ritter, who's a working farmer, Jen Pasquale, who runs Pride and Grit, an organization for military spouses, Christine Goad of Surfing the Edge, Tammy Pereira, our Facebook ad slash marketing guru, and Irina Miller, who is an energy alchemist and an intuitive business coach and all things, well, actually all things intuitive. Mallory Schlebach, who has her own girl boss agency, and Kelly and Abigail White, who are on a mother-daughter journey as a, actually as a mother and a daughter, I turned to listen to their podcast, especially. So we've had a really incredible season two. And I think that I will stop talking in a minute and put it (laughs) out there that we wanted to just offer some takeaways from our personal perspectives on kind of what we saw come through this season. And now that I'm going to shut my mouth. (laughs) Oh, what do you you think, Crystal? Well, I kind of go back to when we made the decision to do this series, we were actually together in Maine eating lobster rolls, which Mm. now I really want a lobster roll. It's lunchtime, so I'm hungry. But I think about what made us want to do a purposeful pivoting series, a reminder, what is purposeful pivoting? It's connecting to what matters and taking committed action to get there. And I think being able to highlight all of these women's stories along the way I think they embodied exactly that. They all connected to what matters and they all took purposeful pivots to get to where they are in business today. And they're not done. I really think at the end of the day, we're not done. I think these are conversations we're going to continue to have in some capacity or another in the future. I think let's dive in because I think we came up with seven major takeaways from season two and we'll kind of expand on each different one. Mm -hmm. But I love this first takeaway that you came up with was actually you, Wendy, who came up with this, which was as women, we wear so many different hats. Yeah. In all of the episodes, we asked the question to start with, what are the five hats you wear? Why that question? This has always been an interesting thing 
for me. And as someone who at different stages in my life has compartmentalized, I realized it gets harder and harder as life gets more and more complex. I could compartmentalize pretty well in my 20s. <laughs> it's so important that we look at our lives from different angles. Most of us are not just moms or not just wives or not just this. It gives us an opportunity to really dig into who we are. It could have been what's your purpose in life kind of thing. And it's funny because a couple of our interviewers were like, oh, I get to wear a hat. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we should have all done. You should put on your favorite hat, which would probably uh -huh. be a baseball cap for me. Same. But I think it's just really important to look at at any given time, what's important to you right now? I love the depth and breadth of the responses, whether mm -hmm. it's what hat do I wear, my me hat. You oh, know, I loved that mom. answer. I know that came from Laura Ritter. I don't know how, how she has time to do that, to actually have a me hat when you're worrying about mm -hmm. not only human beings, but livestock. I just think that it just shows such an incredible depth. I think what's interesting about that question is the answers really revealed that we are multifaceted people. Oh, You're yeah. right. We have a ton of depth and breadth to all of us. And I think sometimes, especially women, we're looked at as monolithic creatures and mm -hmm. especially in whatever capacity that we happen to be in, whatever environment we find ourselves in. And so asking people that question and hearing the answers of how they identify themselves and what they prioritize mm -hmm. is really interesting because I think when you're an entrepreneur, you are juggling so many different things at any given time. So I just love all of the responses and answers of all of the different hats that we are simultaneously wearing and trying to juggle along the way. I could not agree more. And it's interesting because we actually interviewed each other at the beginning mm -hmm. and we did not ask each other, what hats do we wear? Mm -hmm. And we are actually going to not answer that right now, but rather dig into that more deeply. I'm going to say one of the first episodes of season three. I'm looking at my mm -hmm. crystal ball right now and I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely think that that's such an important piece. We can all say we're entrepreneurs or small business owners or whatever, but what else makes us authentic and unique and special really is what makes our special sauce. Mm -hmm. It's the blending of all the other things as well. I think it was Christine who said that she's a baton twirler. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. That yeah. <laughs> I could never do that as a child. I was the kid who would hit myself in the head and then bend the baton. Very I know it's, it's visual. That is so spirit. That is so visual. But again, it's like that makes a special sauce that is wonderful. I think that one of the the next thing that really came out of this was pivoting is normal. It's actually, you know, whether you call it change, whatever, whatever nuance you, you want to spin it, it is normal and it's natural. And no one really ends up in the same space that they started. And I think that's really awesome because it shows we evolve. We follow mm -hmm. our passions. We follow our hearts. We follow what we need to follow to be where we need to be or want to be. I really like that too, because I think that when we get started in online business or start out in entrepreneurship, it doesn't work right away. And so we automatically think that we're failing in some way. We're failures. 
or if we quit the thing that we're doing, we're just not trying hard enough. We're not just doing something right. What I heard in all of the iterations of every story that we listened to was that it's actually good business to change. It's good business to quit when things aren't working. So that makes you a smart business owner, not a mm-hmm. bad business owner. Right. Sometimes we need to hang up our hats on the thing that's just not working for us because the definition of crazy, it's like doing the same thing over and over, expecting <laughs> different results, like yeah. stop banging your head against a wall, trying to make something fit. And instead lean into your strengths, your gifts, your passion, your purpose, and make the pivots and make the changes needed to get you where you need and where you want to be. I loved that with Kelly and Abigail's story. They hung up their hat on their travel business and now have started launching this new podcast and this new program. I loved that Tammy took the turn from corporate world to really leaning into education and took many different twists and turns to where she ended up here. Irina started in a brick and mortar mm-hmm. and then pivoted to online. And then that took many morphs over a 10 year yeah. period. Or actually what is our favorite that Laura went from being a teacher to a stay-at-home mom to a farmer. I love that <laughs> because she read a book Yeah, because she read a book. I, I know it gets me so jazzed and so excited having done, the, having done the interviews to just now it's like, Oh, what's next? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully that's part of the reason we do this. It's not just to get us all jazzed and excited. Hopefully our listeners as well see that there's so much possibility out there. So much inspiration, motivation to Mm -hmm. really, you can do whatever you want, may take a little planning, may take a little help, but Mm -hmm. really it's find what you're passionate and what you, your purpose and your passion and run with it. Yeah. I love that. Love that. So the third takeaway, which I think just kind of piggybacks on what we were just saying was that we are ever evolving. We're all on journeys and we're not instantaneous successes. There's a long and windy road to get here. Darn, I want to start singing. I won't. <laughs> I have been. Can you? Long and windy road. Darn, darn. <laughs> okay. That's enough. <laughs> Love it. Tammy really emphasized this in her interview. She's not an overnight success. There's this myth that you're going to buy this course and launch this thing. And then poof, you will be a six figure, seven figure, multimillionaire mm-hmm. business owner. That is not the path and journey for almost anybody I know. Well, I was just going to say, it's also realizing how you define success. And as we evolve and as we continue on our journey and priorities change and how we define success changes, whether you want to be a lifestyle or a empire CEO. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I could not remember that word. I'm so glad you can finish my sentences. That's I'm really glad we've hit that point in our relationship. Exactly. (laughs) It's wonderful to see whether you have families or responsibilities or whatever, you know, how do things shift and change as you go along? It was just so impressive to see how they work through as they move along this journey too. Yeah. And you know, we asked the question in every interview, were you an instant success? And every, almost every single one of them laughed when they answered, but also they all said, no, it didn't work out the first time around. 
the way they thought it would. Again, I think that's just so important to remember because I think a lot of people think, oh, I failed. I just need to go back to a J-O-B. I just need to go back to corporate. For some people, that is exactly the answer. And that's the journey that they're on. And that works out great. But for some of us, it really just means, no, we just need to make some tweaks and some pivot. You're not a failure. This idea failed. What are we learning from it? What's the takeaway here? What worked? What didn't? how can we take what worked and expand on it here in the next iteration? And I've come to realize that I, I just dislike the word failure so much that Mm -hmm. it's really, okay, this may have not worked the way I wanted to, but what if I learned from it? There's a curiosity in each and every one of them that says, oh, you know what? What's my next step? Where can I go? What can I do? There was an incredible curiosity, which is a growth mindset. They all have this desire to expand. They bring a tremendous amount, each and every one of them, of abundance into this world. But it's not necessarily solely based on money. It's based Mm -hmm. on a lot of other factors that actually make them even more impressive, in my opinion. Yep. I agree. Could not agree more. The next one really had to do with, there was a vulnerability that came out. Even the most badass of us feel like we are failing from time to time. Really to be successful, it's learning to lean into your vulnerability. And that's where I think the whole thing about being curious definitely comes Mm -hmm. in because it's not the woe is me. It's the, okay, I'm feeling vulnerable, kind of where's it coming from? Where does it need to go? And again, it's just an incredible thought process. And Mm -hmm. I appreciated that at times they were a bit raw in Mm -hmm. admitting their vulnerability. Mallory kicked us off Mm -hmm. with saying, you know, she felt like she wasn't successful in a room full of people where she was probably the most successful person there. how you feel is definitely your reality, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And really it's leaning into the curiosity of where's this coming from? What can I do about it? Do I need to do something about it? That sort of thing. Actually, it leads into one other thing that comes up a little later on. So I'll, I'll hold my (laughs) tongue for now. I think that it's resilience, it's confidence too also comes to mind Mm -hmm. with, with all of that. And again, it's just normalizing and reminding ourselves that think about who your mentors are, who think about who you admire Mm -hmm. in this space. And I want you to know without a shadow of doubt, they failed at some point in their iteration, they failed at some point in the iteration of their business, something didn't work. And at some point they also felt like a failure. And so do not let that be the reason that you hang up in your hat. I love that you said curious. And I think of that Ted Lasso moment where he says, be curious, not judgmental, mm-hmm. which I think is like a Teddy Roosevelt quote, maybe, or it was somebody. Brene Brown, said, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Be curious, not judgmental. I think sometimes when we really are wanting to be harsh on ourselves, I think people think judgmental is being an external thing. I think oftentimes we're most judgmental to ourselves. Yes. Yes. When I heard Mallory say that, I think, man, Mallory, you are your own harshest critic because we look at her from the outside and are just in awe of her Uh and her business. 
the idea that she feels like she's a failure is like laughable to me, but also, you know, very, very real because I think we all feel that way at some point or another. I could not agree more and feel that way yeah. at times. The next one I thought was super interesting to me. And it was one of the first things that came to mind when we thought about what our takeaways were, because we heard all of these different stories from different women at different stages in their life. And that was, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. It's never too late to go do the thing that you want to go do. It's never too late to jump into the online space, to launch your podcast, to start having conversations. There is no age limit on this. There is no time stamp in your life that says you need to have this done by now, or you need to have this figured out by now. I love that all of the women we talked to were at various stages of life from young kids to older kids, to empty nesters, to just dog mom. It's never too late. There's all, all kinds of opportunities to go and grow. Basically, mm-hmm. I think about my story and mm-hmm. I think about the fact that at 50, losing my job, remarrying, moving halfway around the world kind of thing. And I think about that. And I think about had I not had the mentors that I had and the people in my world who were like, life is sure as heck not over at 50, Mm -hmm. that where would I be today? Well, I think that a lot of people think, and and so you came at it from the perspective of like, okay, your story is at 50, you started over, you Mm -hmm. had this huge life change. I'm 38 years old. I always have to think about that too hard. I'm 38 years old. And I think that there's a lot of pressure on women in their thirties or in my age to think like you should already have it figured out. Whatever it is you're going to do, you should be doing it already. And I made a huge change in the last year in pivoting business models with you. We closed down a membership. We, you know, I leaned into Mm -hmm. a certification program. We started taking on side gigs. There was all kinds of different potentials realized. Mm -hmm. And I know we're just getting started. I'm just getting started. Exactly. Exactly. 10 years from now, this is going to look totally different. So it's just kind of like shaking that belief that what you're doing now is cemented for the rest of your life. This must be always what you're doing. And that's just bullshit because you can always make changes. Exactly. Exactly. The whole concept of you're stuck in one place. I mean, that's actually one of the things that we scream about the most is don't be stuck. Keep, Mm -hmm. Keep moving. That means being willing to change And the whole concept of you're too old, we hear that a lot, or you're too young is just bullshit. It's absolute Mm -hmm. bullshit. And I actually think this blends really well with the next one. You never know what will, and actually I'll add to that, who will inspire you. Again, I think that that's no matter your age, it's being curious. It's being open to exploration, to seeing what's out there seeing what you want to do, trying. Mm-hmm. And it's not the crazy stuff of, I think I, I want to own a Pilates studio, so I'm going to run out and buy one. No, 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 no. It, you can take very small steps and go very far, actually. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of just being open to the possibilities, mm-hmm. right? Because again, I think sometimes we 
paint ourselves into a corner because of the life stage we're at or because of what we feel like our abilities are. It's interesting because I think of, again, Laura Ritter, who read a book and then started a farm. Right. There were a couple little steps in between, but and yes. there were, I mean, there were, there's a lot of steps in between, but it's yeah. again, like what, what inspires you to go out and do the thing that you yeah. want to go do. And ultimately yeah. it was not just a book, but it was sure. this alignment of a purpose and a passion sure. of wanting to have sustainable living and have good food for your family. Mm-hmm. And then that launches into this mission mm-hmm. of wanting to do other things. I think about all the iterations of Serendipitous Rebel of mm-hmm. our purpose and passion to inspire other women to help people find their voice mm-hmm. and how that has evolved into yeah. all of the things that we have launched and will continue to launch in Serendipitous yeah. Rebel and how that inspires us. And I think about, I think it was April of 2020, where I took an online course. It was on finding your life's purpose. It literally rocked my world and changed really. And then subsequently rocked my world. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I know. It's like, it just gets, it's a giver. It keeps giving. I think it's, it's definitely that openness and to be willing to try and, and curious and learn. I think that the part of this is we're both lifelong learners. So, mm-hmm. I, and I, and I know that there are people who this is this, they won't get this part and that's fine. It's finding also what works best for you. And that's also part of it as well. The ability to just be willing to try new things and see what lights your fire. Because I think about that course, so you took that course in April, 2020, which kind of launched off into your journey of purpose and finding who you are, your Mm -hmm. goals, and then you launched into your coaching certifications, and then you became my coach and were asking me the same questions. That was a really vulnerable place for me to be in because I was, I think it was the first time. And I think this ties into everything we just talked about. I had to admit that what we were doing then was not working. Mm -hmm. I was not in alignment with where I wanted to be. What I really wanted to do was this thing over here. This is what lit my heart on fire. And I needed to figure out a way to extrapolate myself from what was not working and start leaning into what was. When I thought about that, I thought about that recently. It's like, okay, I thought I'm going to hire Wendy as my coach and we're just going to kind of have like fun sessions and like <laughs> have some light goal setting. And it really kind of rocked my world in a lot of different ways. So again, you just never know in what capacity, in what area that's going to inspire you. Mm -hmm. I think about even just recently, it was actually a lot of fun that a few of our interviewees were able to gather together live face-to-face. Wow. And the conversations that we were able to have and we're open to having and learning about ourselves, learning about each other. Well, right after we returned, I had this incredible explosion of creativity and my mind was off and running. And fortunately it's paper off and running and mm-hmm. tabbed to years ahead of not right now. <laughs> yeah. We put a pin in that demon baby. Exactly. Put a pin in that demon baby. Exactly. I find interestingly, I'm most creative when I'm sitting on a rowing machine. Mm -hmm. And I'm rowing and I find that to be 
a great place. You know, some people say they have their most creative moments in the shower or wherever, mm -hmm. going for a walk, being in nature. So mm -hmm. it's allowing yourself to even just get out from behind the desk and out of the house or wherever mm -hmm. at the office and just be able to explore even just from a sensory perspective. The last one. And I think that this is, I think it's so prevalent in that, well, I'm just gonna say what it is real quick. You need a group, you need a community, you cannot do this alone. When we talked about all of the interviews, so when we think about all the people that we interviewed, there were shout outs to teams, there were shout outs to, you know, mastermind groups and collaborative communities, there was partnerships in some capacity, you know, Laura talked about how she's a business partner and a wife, because she and her husband do this together, Callie and Abigail, the mother daughter duo who do this as a team. And I think about even Wendy and I, and how often we hear people talk about their problems or about things that they are struggling with. And we kind of chuckle and you're like, oh, what you actually need is a business partner. Uh, what you actually need is somebody mm -hmm. to hire for that. You need to collaborate with somebody to do that. One of the earlier episodes that we did in the podcast was talking about strengths assessments. And this came up in, was it Jen's interview? When we look at our strengths as business owners, it's about leaning into what we're doing well mm -hmm. and then figuring out a way to outsource the things that we're not doing exactly. so well. Exactly. I think it's one thing you and I do really well, especially in this iteration of our business after many evolutions of not doing it so well or struggling to try and do mm -hmm. all the things ourselves. I think we've gotten much better at outsourcing things or hiring a team, hiring help. And I think that's something we want to continue to do. Even in 2023, we joke about if we made more money, we would actually just hire more people to do the <laughs> exactly. stuff we don't like to do. You know, in addition to hiring for the help and hiring for your lesser strengths, you need the community and you need the group for support because this can be such a lonely space if you don't have it. Oh, there's, yeah, that is so true. That is so unbelievably, incredibly true. Well, whether it's your biz besties, your masterminds that you join, your memberships, well, even, your other communities. Yeah, or even just informal groups. I see in some mm -hmm. Facebook groups for women entrepreneurs, will someone say, you know, I just want to put together a, a group of people who this is sort of my parameters. And that's fantastic. It doesn't mm -hmm. even have to be something super formal. I'm very lucky, I will say. Mm -hmm. Because if I have a bad day, I have someone I can bitch to besides my husband. I can leave a Voxer or if I'm having a fabulous mm -hmm. day, I have a sounding board. I agree with that because it's biological. We all need community. We need connection. We need people. I think when you think about the evolution of your journey on online business, I think people start with like, they get into this world via a course or something yeah. Yeah. and then they maybe hire some coaching. Mm -hmm. And then it's joining a mastermind community, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that ends up being a natural evolution that all of us take in the journey. I think there's a reason for that because I think yeah. we we want to kind of get funneled into this world because sure. people pick on an idea that we have and we're like, yeah, we want to put that out there. But as we start working solo in our homes, we start to find that we need the community and the connection. We need the collaboration. We need to bounce ideas off of other people. We need to process out loud sometimes. And I think that's no mystery why you start seeing different things pop up through the world. 
And I'm not sure that there's enough of this, but the organic coming together of people not dictated by like a mastermind. Generally, it's dictated by the person who's running it, how, you know, what happens, how it happens, the structure. Again, having just had the opportunity to travel very informally. I mean, we joke around that it was like masterminding, but there was no set agenda. If we had questions, we brought it to the table. It was just an opportunity to be vulnerable, curious, open giving all of these types of things that really just grew organically. I think there definitely in the online space needs to be a lot more of that. There is a need just for this organic connection with people, finding people who light your fire, finding people who just speak your language. And I'm not just talking about finding clients and customers. You need peers too. When we look at our businesses, we have a lot of different constituents. In a small business owners, we probably have just as many as the big boys. Actually, we do. And we have different ones because our constituents include actually those who we wear the hats for, our families, our significant others, our kids, whomever. Even as I stare at my dog who desperately wants to get out of this room and is just looking at me, I have a pet who's a constituent right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that it's it's something to be said about having yeah, friends in the online space, people you can lean on, yes. people who you can commiserate with. And yes. and what I what I hear as a common theme over and over in the space is that people desperately want this. And I think to myself all the time, yeah, I'm really lucky I have this. Mm-hmm. I 100% have this. I have yeah. somebody who I partnered with because she compliments me. Like you com- I think we complement each other really mm-hmm. well. In, with like, the exception very of one thing. But that's why we hire it out. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Bookkeeping. We're not going to bookkeep. <laughs> but I think that it's also just kind of realizing in the grand scheme of things. And I think you hit it on the head and it, because it really came out when we were traveling with our friends was that we needed the ability to laugh and share and commiserate and share stories and mm-hmm. talk about these are the things that we're doing in our business, but then also hold each other accountable on the back right. end of it because right. continued conversations have come up and we've been able to say, ah, but didn't you say that you wanted to do more of X this year? So why mm-hmm. are you doing Y? Like right. We just had that conversation and it's like, oh, because sometimes you need that BFF in your ear and it's so hard when you're an online business owner, an entrepreneur, because your other friends and family don't get it. They don't mm-hmm. quite understand the things that you're going through in the same way that other online entrepreneurs do. And so if you can find that community, you can find those people. I think that it's really, really powerful and really important. I completely agree. I would actually love to know if any of our listeners would like to share what your takeaways were, what were the aha moments so that you're like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Shoot us a DM on socials, send us an email, something because yeah, I would love to know that too. What was your big aha moment? I think there's so many more that we could keep going and going, going if we wanted to, but I think seven, is a really nice number. It's a good number. It's a good number. Tended on. It's an underrated number. <laughs> and with that, thank you again oh, well, to our listeners and also <laughs> to Laura, Jen, Christine, Tammy, Irina, Mallory, Kelly, and Abigail, not only being an 
important part of this season, but for making this season what it was. Thank you, Crystal. Always. Oh, thank you, Wendy. Thank and you. I look forward to seeing what's down the pike in season three. Oh, and I, we've got some really cool stuff coming up in season three, and that is as much of a teaser as you guys are going to get. But I know <laughs> exactly. we're going to continue to having these really important conversations. So until next time, you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. But only if you liked it. Otherwise, just keep it to yourself. You can learn more about our upcoming masterminding opportunities on our website at serendipitousrebel.com. And if you have topics you'd like to hear about, be sure to submit them on our website or DM us on social media. Hey, see you next week. Bye.